Welcome to our first ever Careers Talk with me, Laura-Jane Filatrani and Kerri-Ann Eustace. Hiya! Uh, we are very excited to be uh, holding these podcasts and uh, we're going to be looking at all of the fantastic advice that's been given in the forums during the week and discussion of some of the Q&As. In just a moment, we're going to be joined by one of our experts, Andrew Scorer, who's from the Fuller CV. He's going to be talking a little bit about the CV clinic we had yesterday. The British are not very good at selling themselves particularly well because of there's two three hundred people applying for every job the only way you're going to get seen is to sell yourself Kerry will be having a chat with one of our users about his experience in the forums I was just exerting my frustration you see about getting the rewards for my education that's all you see yeah and we'll be having a sneak preview of what's coming up next week but first uh, we're going to have a roundup. Kerry, what's been going on? It's been really busy in the forums. Lots of new users with new problems coming to us for the first time. And uh, one trend that I've noticed is lots of graduates. You know, it's that time of year, they're all sort of thinking about what step they're going to take next. And they're not sure what step they should take, what they should do with their skills, what should they should do with their qualifications. So they're coming to us for career choices and inspiration really and because they were very quiet over august where they all sunning themselves <laughs> on the beach were they? hiding maybe <laughs> and now they've they've got to september and they've thought oh my god i've got to find a job dragging out the student experience yeah. a bit longer so maybe that's it yeah so what about uh, the busiest discussions then have you got well, any that you can point to yeah there's been lots of different busy threads but i've picked one out because it really represented the the trends i was talking about people who were perhaps now got a bit of time before they do an ma the next step to work towards their career goals and they want to know how to use that time really wisely you know what can I do during this free time that's going to benefit me when I've finished my MA and I want to get a job so the one thing I picked out is from somebody who wanted to do public health work preferably in developing countries and they asked us you know what they can do to use their time wisely. And what was the uh, the response? We had lots of different experts coming in from different areas, so which I thought was good for them. Our health expert, Alan Simmons, who answers general health career questions. Uh, mostly quite a lot on the NHS, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he suggested like low-level assistant and support posts in the NHS to build up that ground in, you know, as well as considering developing countries, thinking of doing something close to home if finances were an issue. But I also had someone from Christian Aid, Emma Wigley, suggested some useful links schemes and projects you can get involved in and one really good one especially if you can't maybe afford to travel abroad on your own or there's a lot of schemes as well that you can pay yeah, for they're, they're quite expensive with. aren't they they can be i mean when you're there you do get sort of somewhere to stay and food and they look after but it's you like a sure couple of grand secure. isn't it at yeah. least yeah. yeah it is but there is one where that's funded by the department for international development and it's called my platform two and they do schemes for 18 to 25 year olds and they can volunteer in projects in places such as Ghana. And they can help build tourism trails and trenches to prevent flooding. So she says that would be really good experience and really valuable. Oh, that's good. We're, we can put the uh, the details on the website with the uh, the podcast, can't we? Yep, loads of links to that. So and um, what about the uh, the experts? Who's been the uh, the most popular? <laughs> well, Harry Friedman, As usual. Yeah, he's always busy. He gets 
posts on a daily basis, career changes. It's, it's really busy in the forum, career changing. Uh, and an interesting one I picked out from Harry was uh, a lettings agent who had been made redundant for various reasons in the past couple of years, not because of himself. He says it was for companies going under. And he wants something a bit more secure, so he wanted Harry to help him out with that. Um, and what did uh, Harry say? Well, Harry sort of encouraged him to look at the, the real basic level of his role you know what is your role primarily and it's a sales role so he said look at places where you could transfer your skills but this user also wanted to perhaps explore a role in the public sector and which Harry encouraged and said yeah you can do something that's completely different to what you've been doing already but with the public sector you might want to jump ship earlier rather than later because he anticipates cuts in the area. Which is uh, opposite to what people think, really, isn't it? Because they yeah. think public sectors, Boring. you know, really, you know, really safe and well, it is secure, you know, definitely. Well, once you get in, I, I guess. Mm. Yeah, that's why he's saying get in now. Before, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Before there are no jobs left. Kerry, tell us about the Q and A's that we had this week. We've had a garden and interior design Q&A this week. We had uh, Iris Dunbar from the British Interior Design Association and some panellists from Inchbold School of Design and KLC School of Design. They talked about the importance of a qualification. You know, creativity is really important, but they were saying that you really need something to back it up. It was really surprising because the, the advice was not about design and, as you say, creativity, but was actually about organising yourself. They say a strong business mind is going to be more successful. You have to be good at presentations. You need to be able to retain a lot of information, have a visual memory. They said you need to develop that. So you have to still know about colours and designers and products, but also have like an internal encyclopedia. Being able to recall it. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And going back to qualifications, um, it's accessible for career changers and older learners because oh, good. colleges will assess you, you. Oh, assess you, sorry. <laughs> assess you on your life experience, not maybe your previous college. Oh, okay. So background. people that maybe, you know, a little bit older. Definitely. And, and a lot of the panellists had career changed into design. Oh, okay. Like it was the second or third. Oh, really? Yeah. That's one of them was a teacher and he had a redesign at his school and he found it fascinating, started reading up about it, got heavily involved and then did a distance learning course and designed his own garden and people liked it and got a few commissions that way so his career grew that way it's amazing it is amazing so interesting as well and another tip they had was to enter competitions um it's a way of raising your profile and you can find things about that on the beader website right but we'll put all of this stuff online anyway as well so yeah after the discussions where there's lots of advice and lots of questions, I take out the best bits, the snippets, the really strong links or the anecdotes that I think will be really valuable for people in, in a nutshell and I compile them all into a feature. Andrew, welcome to the studio. Thank you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the commercial director for the Fuller CV. Um, we've been running for um, eight years now. We've helped over a million job seekers wow. with their CV. Um, so we're very busy currently, obviously, because of the uh, current market. Um, but we're always um, able to help um, anyone from a graduate to a chief executive with their CVs. So you have noticed a, a, an upturn in, in the amount of people contacting you? We have, yes. We have about sort of... 30,000 people per month that physically register their CVs with us, so... Um, it keeps us nice and busy, yes. We've got a, um, a team of 22 in the office and um, just under 100 CV writers um, based throughout the UK and Europe. So uh, yesterday, 
we had a CV clinic online. How did you think that went and uh, what we thought? I think it was very good. I think there was, it was nice to have um, a lot of different questions on there. Um, what do you mean by different? Well, in terms of there was, there was a, a wide range in there. was um, a guy that was coming back from the States that had been there for eight years and been maybe redundant. There was a guy on a cruise ship. So it was... It was all different levels of people, all with different challenges in the job market. What did you think of uh, the other experts? Because obviously you weren't the only expert in there and we had four or five of you in there. And I know there was a little bit of a, I wouldn't say uh, an argument, but there was a bit of a disagreement about um, the use of the third person and the first person, wasn't there? There was. What, what did you think about, uh, well, firstly the sort of discussion and then also about the level of advice given sure. from the other experts? I mean, I think it's good to get other opinions. I think from a job seeker's point of view, it's fantastic having that level of expertise in one in one area. So no, I thought it was, it was very good. I think with the particular discussion about the third person, we um, as CV writers actually will start every sentence or every achievement with an action word. So managed, devised, implemented. Rather than, rather than I, Brian did this or we, I did that. they. Exactly. Right, right. Um, or so, Brian, yeah, as in the third yeah. person. So, so to remove the sort of pronouns altogether. Absolutely. We, we would rather have it. So it's very, the first page is, is all about achievements and we would start all of those um, certainly with action words and the personal profile. If you have one of those on your CV, again, we would have implemented and, and not... I, did I this. have implemented. Yeah. What about also, um, you know, the changes in style of CVs over the years? You know, cause I know that like the American style of CV writing is very different to mm-hmm. the, the style of writing in the UK. Um, have you seen it change a little bit more? Cause, you know, sort of mission statements and that kind of thing have been introduced, haven't they? And that, that's more American, mm, isn't it? I think um, we're never going to be the same as the States. Don't ever say never. Well, no. <laughs> um, but I think that they're... Um, they're very different in terms of what people are looking for on the on the CV in the states. What do you mean of, by it's that? It's very much um, ed- education driven. Oh, okay. um, you know what type of university you went to, oh, right. and, and that type of that type of thing. The British are not very good at selling themselves particularly well. We tend to dumb shy, down. shy away. Yeah. yeah, and we're trying to change that. I think because of the two three hundred people applying for every job, the only way you're going to get seen. Um, without having green paper or flashing lights on your CV is to sell yourself. And I think what we're trying to do with our free CV reviews is very much about um, getting people to understand the importance of showing how they've qualified and quantified everything Mm. on their CV. What about um, the importance of reusing the words in a job ad in your CVs? What what do you think about that? Um, We try and make sure that people show everything on their cover letter to do with the particular job they're applying for. I think if you're applying for two or three jobs, there's no harm in changing your CV to that particular job. We won't encourage changing your CV for every single job. I think that your cover letter is equally as important as your CV. I think otherwise, you know, we've had people in the past where and we ask them what version of CV they've got, and they say, well, I've got 40 versions. Oh, We've had, goodness. you know, if, if a recruiter rings you up How on you your mobile... How remember that? Well, yeah. exactly. And you're recru- you know, a recruiter... <laughs> like, which or, version? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What version are you looking yeah. at? You know, I think that's that doesn't help you no, at all. No. So changing specific achievements on your CV is fine. Changing your whole CV... Your wording is left for the covering letter, yeah, it, really, it, to it, map exactly, the job. Exactly, yeah. yeah. 
Okay, I, I hope you enjoyed being in the forums, Ooh. and you're going to remain one of our experts like on the forums. Be, yes. So that anyone listening can uh, email you directly online on the Perfect. forums, and yes. um, then you can give them some yes. tailored advice. That's fantastic. Yes. So I suppose I just wanted to sort of finish up. Really, if you could give us maybe three or four top tips um, mm-hmm. that some people could take away from the podcast that would help with their CVs. Okay, I think probably the the most important one is um, never lie. Um, you know, very, the, very important. The, well, there's one of the things in the forum yesterday, but one of the people on there had just come out of being in depression. And rather than ignoring it, there's ways of everything can be a positive on your CV. Right. So there's ways around it. And of, to be upfront. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, what was the advice given to this person? How can they address the, their depression in their CV? I think um, it's important you should never lie on your CV and you should never have gaps, gaping holes in your CV where there's dates missing. What we said is to be open. He wasn't actually working at the time, but he may have been doing voluntary work. Um, He may have been doing various additional training. So therefore, there'll be things that he can put into the CV that actually will still show that he's been proactive and has not just been sitting watching daytime TV. So just to be clear, you advised him not to actually state that he'd been depressed in no. his CV, but to word his time out of work in a positive way yes. with the idea that when he gets to interview and he's picked up on this gap, then then that would be the time to Absolutely. say, I yeah. was suffering from depression. Yes. So I think that's um, very important. Don't produce a CV that's longer than two pages. Right. I think, again... Certainly, some parts of the world they have twenty pages, and um, we are certainly a, Don't a be two page. Yeah, South African pages. South African CVs have Who's an index. Who's done enough for twenty <laughs> an pages and an index? They do. Yeah, so keep it to the point. Where possible, always qualify and quantify everything on your CV. So make sure that there's always an outcome to everything you've done. Don't just say your hard-working, yeah. conscientious, working well example. in the team. Yeah. Actually give examples yeah. of, of where you've improved, whether it be business processes, whether it be making or saving money. Um, as long as you've got something that, that's got an outcome at the end, then that's very important. Um, make sure you page one. There are achievements on there that, that reflect what makes you better on paper than everybody else that's, that's applying for the same job. Thank you very much, Andrew, for being our very, very, very first guest on our first podcast. It's it's been lovely. Thanks again. No problem. Now, the next little feature that we have that we're going to be running every week is actually the bit that I'm really excited about because it's all about... Uh, you guys, the users, and we're actually going to hear from one of you that have been in the forum, and this will be a feature every week. So this is a real opportunity for us to actually talk to you and hear you. So I'm really excited, and I think, Kerry, you're going to tell us a little bit about this user, and then we're actually going to hear from him. Yeah, I spoke to uh, a lad in 1978. He came to us on the forums because... He's a graduate that's struggling to find a job in his specific field and he has AS, Asperger's Syndrome, which means his barriers to finding work are even more specific. There's a number of reasons, okay, I'm having problems. I have poor career advice in school, but also have a late diagnosis of AS. It doesn't really affect me that much, it's just I'm on a different course, maybe had a bit of encouragement, that's all, you know. So how has that affected your job search then? Well, I can't do assessment centres. 
I could use psychometric tests largely, but the only employer wants excellent communication skills. Mm. I don't have it. So I can work in a call centre. They take me. But that's not what you wanted to go into, it, is it, working in a call centre? You're quite interested in becoming a statistician? Or data analyst, yeah. I, I want to work in finance, but it's too hard to get into. Is that why you came to the forum? Tell us why you came to the forum and what help you were hoping to get. I was just exerting my frustration, you see, about getting the rewards for my education. That's all, you see, yeah? And did you find the advice that you needed? No, because uh, she just gave me general advice, you see. And I don't think it's helpful because I know what my strengths and my weaknesses are, yeah? And there's not many options for me. Because of my AS, it might, it might be a problem, you see, I don't know. It's the, the government's fault, really, because if a non-graduate has problems getting work, they get the support from the job centre. But if it's a graduate, it won't help them. That was Aladdin 1978 talking to Kerry a little time earlier today. Kerry, he sounded quite an interesting character. Obviously, we hadn't been able to help. So what, what can we do for this guy? Well, hopefully in another Q&A we're going to have next Friday on autism in the workplace, we can find him the support he needs for graduates as well as other people seeking employment. And we've got a panel of experts who will address his issues directly. To do with Asperger's. Yeah, so he's going to be taking part in that and it will also be for other people in the same boat. Excellent. So we're nearly out of time, actually. Can't believe it's gone so quickly. I just really want to let people know what's coming up next week. So apart from the Asperger's, what else have you got? Have you got another Q&A? Yeah, busy week. Wednesday, we've got Teaching English Abroad with a really good panel. We've got some authors and some really experienced TEFL teachers. And on Thursday, we've got some advice on how you can improve your productivity at work and get a better work-life balance. Oh, yeah. Isn't that the guy that says you can you can do more by doing less? He calls himself the lazy project manager. OK, so. looking forward to that. Yeah, it should be a good one. And if you need any more information, you can get it on careers.guardian.co.uk. That's really all we have time for. And thank you very much for listening and joining us on our very first podcast. And I really hope you'll join us next week at the same time. <laughs>